the deepest desire in the heart of every soul is to be loved. We all long for love. But how do you know if you are loved or not? How do you know? Have you been in a situation where you thought somebody loved you to realize that you misread the situation? Or have you been in a situation where someone cared about you but you ignored them? You misread the signs and now you regret it as they have moved on. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm not going there. I'm not go- I don't want to remind you of that. I don't want to remind you of that. Even though love is the most profound need, our most profound need, love is also the most complex thing to understand. It's complex. How do you know how much you are loved? How do you know if people around you mean it when they say they love you? How do you know they mean it? How do you gauge love? How do you assess or measure love? So before we go further, we must try to define love. As a complex topic, the definition of love depends on who you ask. If you ask someone on fire with romance, they will tell you that love is a strong feeling of attraction or erotic emotions toward someone. If you ask me what is love, I will tell you exactly that. As it did my wife. That's how I define love. Yes. If you ask a mother what is love, she will tell you it's a strong bond of empathy. Family members love one another because they are naturally related. So it's just there. If you ask a friend what is love, they will tell you love is a strong bond between people who share common values, common interests, or common activities. Activities. But a fourth type of love does not depend on circumstances. It is present even when romance or family bonds or friendship are absent. This fourth love transcends all other kinds of love. It reaches you even if you are not a family member, even though you are not a friend, even though you are not a girlfriend or you are not a boyfriend. This love still reaches you and you will still experience love. And that is the love of God. We call it agape love. It reaches you wherever you are. And whoever you are, you don't need to fit in one of these categories to be loved. So I define love as the choice to speak, to act, and think in favor of someone. It's the choice, but it speaks, it thinks, and it acts in favor of the recipient. So how much are you loved? How do you assess if someone speaks, acts, and thinks in your favor? How do you gauge love around you? How do you know if this act, this thought, and this word is love? John chapter 3, 16 to 17. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
The answer is in this verse. It's simple. We gauge love through sacrifice. Sacrifice. God proved that he loves you by giving. He gave Jesus to you. Sacrifice is the indicator of love. Sacrifice is the indicator. True indicator, true measure of love is sacrifice. You know someone loves you, but how much they sacrifice for you. Girls, don't go for a man who doesn't sacrifice. Don't. And get them sacrificed for as long as you can. <laughs> to make sure they really love you. <laughs> That's what my wife did to me. So I'm just passing on the wisdom. Love is gauged through sacrifice. But there is a small problem in John chapter 3, verse 16. There is a small problem. But bear with me. Let, listen to this. God loved the world, so he gave his only son. One could ask, if God loved us so much, why didn't he give himself? Why give his son instead? Why don't give yourself, if you really love us so much, why give your son at your place? If it's about your love, come and die for me. Don't send your son. One can ask that question, isn't it? So there are two answers to that way of thinking. There are two answers to that question. Don't worry. I'm not trying to blaspheme. I'm not trying to challenge God. No. I just want to answer the question for you. The first answer to that question is that it's easier for a good father, a good parent, to give themselves away. Instead of giving their child to suffer. Most parents would take significant risks and sacrifices to shield, to protect their children from experiencing pain. Most parents will do that. I, 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 I know I would do that. You would like to go to expose yourself to danger as much as you can, but not to see your child going through pain. It is harder for a good parent to see their children or their child going through pain to a parent. So for God to do that, it was more painful to him. It, is, it was harder for him to watch Jesus going through the pain than himself, the father. That's one answer to that question. Let me tell you a story. I, I, are you ready for a story? Let me tell you a story. I have a secret to tell you. I have a secret to tell you. Don't take it outside of this room. <laughs> I call my big sister mother. My big sister, the firstborn in our, in our family, I call her mother. And my mother, I call her grandma. I call her grandma. Now, there is a confusion because my sister has children. Big kids, and they call me uncle. And when I'm talking to them, I say, mom said, and they say, mom said, and we don't know who we are talking about. <laughs> because they say mom, and I say mom. Their mother is my mother, the way I speak. But there is a before you judge me, please, before you, you judge me, 
there is a background behind that. So let me tell you the background behind it. <laughs> don't, don't judge a brother. <laughs> when my father died, I was two months old. My big sister was 19 years old. She's the firstborn. She had just finished high school. So because my mother did not have any education or, or any job, any source of income, so my sister abandoned her dreams. She abandoned everything and started working as a teacher in a small village in the mountains, like 20 kilometers from home. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. Because the government was not paying teachers for many decades in Congo, the school gave some vegetables and some wood to the teachers as compensation. Just veggies. There was no money. So as a young man, a young boy, I remember watching my sister coming from work in the rain with a stack of wood on her back and vegetables on her head and without shoes. It was so touching for me to see her sacrifice. She's a hero to me, my big sister. She's a hero. She sacrificed her golden years to raise her seven young siblings. She sacrificed. She could have been. She could, she could have left with a boyfriend or something. Or she could have gone to university and and dream big and do her things and become a, 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 a how do you call it a a, 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 a girl boss boss lady boss lady boss lady. She abandoned all that, all the dreams, and she was a very smart girl just to feed us and look after us. Because she's the one I saw providing for my need, I started to call her mom. She looked after us like she made sure we were happy. She made sure we were happy. She treated me as her son. She surrounded me with so much love, even though my mother was very present. She was there. I was drawn to the tangible sacrifice of my sister. So I could never doubt her love. Her sacrifice shaped my view of her. I know she loves me. Even today, I can tell you she loves me. There was a, a meeting in heaven. Someone needed to come to earth to demonstrate God's love. Justice required someone infallible to come and die as a sign of love for us. Jesus volunteered to come. As, as painful as that decision was to God the Father, he loved us so much to let Jesus come to us. That is the sacrifice I'm talking about. Jesus sacrificed for us. How do you know you are loved? Through sacrifice. But the second reason, the second answer I can give to that question is that Jesus and the Father are one. Whatever the Son endures, the Father endures. Technically, God gave himself out to love us. He did. 
they are one. They are two persons, but one in essence. So whatever this one feels, the other does. They feel the same things. They, they are one. It's the same essence. They're so united that you can't separate them. Whatever pleases the father pleases the son. So God gave still himself to come and die for us. God loves us. But it's one thing to think someone loves you. It's another to be confident about it. He loves me. So I'm going to talk about being confidently loved. John chapter 13 verse 23. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. <laughs> you, you know, do you know who is writing this? The same person, John. He's writing, <laughs> eh, one of his disciples, I won't tell you who, the one Jesus loved. Ah, just say it. Just say it. You know, it didn't end there. John wrote about himself at least five times as the one Jesus loved. Five times in one book. The one Jesus loved ran faster. The one Jesus loved got there before Peter. The one Jesus loved was sitting closer to Jesus. The one, ah, every instance, the one Jesus loved. How could he be so sure that Jesus loved him? How could he openly say that Jesus loved him without any shadow of the doubt? Like he was so sure that yes, he loved me. You know what? We live in a world where we are measured by how better we perform compared to others. We celebrate those who run faster. We celebrate those who achieve high academic goals. We, those who earn more money, we are bombarded by comparison. And that leaves us with a feeling of worthlessness. We worship the idea of being the best. We compare our marriages. We compare our children's achievements. We compare our social media following. And we compare everything. That's the kind of mindset we have as human beings. Comparison leaves us frustrated and unworthy. We feel unworthy because we compare ourselves. If you feel insecure, if you're unsure about who you are and uncertain about your place in life, maybe you have been a victim of comparison. Maybe you've been comparing yourself to your neighbors or to your colleagues or to someone else and that's why you feel unworthy. You would be frustrated whenever someone comes along who sounds more articulate than you. Someone who looks taller than you or now slimmer than you or has something you don't have. This is the culture we are living in. We compare ourselves to people. Look at John. He knew who he was. John knew who he was. He knew his place before Jesus. He could confidently say, he loved me. He could confidently say it and write it down and no other apostle was able to debunk it. <laughs> you know, he was not concerned about what Peter will think. 
He was not concerned about that. He was not concerned about Peter's success. While Peter walked on water, it meant nothing to John. Good on you, Peter. He still loves me. Look, <laughs> this is so important to know. Because when Jesus spoke to Peter and said, on you I will build my church, that is problematic. If I were John, I would say, what about me? What are you going to build on me? <laughs> Let them know. Because that was a public declaration. On you I will build my church. And if I was John, I will really ask Jesus to clarify. Is it going to be all of us? You're just using that as a metaphor? John could have asked, but John did not care how close Jesus was to Peter. What mattered to John was that he knew Jesus loved him. He knew his place. He knew his place. He was loved. He was loved. Any other person's promotion meant nothing to him. Any other person's praise meant nothing to him. He knew he was loved. John was secure in his relationship with Jesus. He was confident he was lovable. Yes. And that's the problem of most of us. Most people struggle to accept God's love because they don't think they are able to attract love. Maybe that's your situation. You are here. You don't think you are worthy to be loved. Maybe you don't think you are worthy to be accepted. And look, look, look. Some people think they can be loved, but they cannot maintain love. So because they think they cannot maintain love, they avoid to be loved. Because of the fear of being rejected in the process, you can maintain love because God's love is permanent. You are lovable. You are lovable. John was confidently loved. Confidently loved. I wish everybody in this church will take the same approach to God. I'm loved. I'm loved. Despite all other people's blessings. Oh, they were promoted. Good on them. They were, okay, good. They got this. Yes, good. God still loves me. I know my place in his eyes. The second thing, the second kind of love I want to bring to your attention is unconditionally loved. Know that you are unconditionally loved. People's attitude do not necessarily reflect God's attitude toward you. The way people behave, you know, the way your dad behaved toward you, the way your mom behaves toward you, the way your friend behaves to, toward you, does not reflect how God loves you. Because sometimes we get confused by that. We get confused by the way I've been treated by people. You think that's how God treats you. No, people are not God. Your friends can forget you. Your parents can miss the mark. God will never miss the mark in his love for you. Hear this. People value you based on your contribution to their well-being. God values you based on his dedication to your well-being. I want you to understand this. You mean something to people because you do something for them. 
You mean a lot to God because he has invested much in you. You, you, you see the difference? People value you based on how much you give them. But God loves you because of how much he has given you. He loves you so much. He's not like human being. You don't need to perform to earn his love. Yeah, there is nothing you can give him so that he can love you more. No, no, no. He loves you already unconditionally. He loves you as you are. He has invested a lot in you. But the third thing I want you to remember is that God loves you intentionally. We call that intentionally loved. You are intentionally loved. You are intentionally loved. So God does not just love you. He loves you by design. He loves you with a purpose. He loves you with a plan. He loves you intentionally. He's taking you somewhere. And that's why sometimes we feel like God's love is tough love. Sometimes you feel like God's love is tough love because it is intentional. It's not just, you cry a little bit, cake. You cry a little bit, cookies. No, sometimes he doesn't give you cookies. Let's read here. Mark 1, 9 to 13. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels were serving him. John the Baptist, after baptizing Jesus, people saw something. People saw something. For them to be able to write about it, for Mark to write about it, something happened. The heavens opened and a voice came forward and said, you are my Beloved son, God the Father spoke to confirm that this one who has been just baptized is my loved son, whom I love, whom I love, my son, whom I love. Okay, thank you. And then a dove came in the sign of peace to show that everything is fine. The Holy Spirit also appeared to show that he's present. Until then, everything is under control. Isn't it? Are you with me? Everything is cool. Jesus is happy. He's, he's been told he's loved. And the Holy Spirit has appeared to show that everything is beautiful. Look at the next verse. The Holy Spirit who came to celebrate baptism, what did he do? He sent him in the desert. To do what? To be tempted. Tough love. No cookies. Tough love. After hearing such a voice, you are loved. My beloved son. <laughs> Go in the desert, my son. To do what, father? To be tempted. By who? By your worst enemy. <laughs> Sure, yes, I'm sure. Do you uh, is this the plan? Yes, it's for your good. You know, sometimes we don't feel loved because of our circumstances, because God has allowed something in our lives, then we don't feel loved. 
it doesn't mean we are not loved. God is more interested in who you are becoming than what we acquire. Is more interested in who you are becoming, who we are becoming as people, than the things he gives to us, the bless, the, the things we call blessing. Because for him, anything that leads us to who he wants us to become is a blessing. But we don't see life like that. We see li- we see blessings as a new guitar and a new piano and a new this and a new, oh, God loves me. But he says, if I keep giving you those things, you'll never become more like my son, Christ Jesus. So I want to take you through some experiences still out of love, tough love intentionally loved. Most people think that God does not love them because of the challenges they are going through. Now, in the wilderness, Jesus was prepared still to fulfill his mission. Without the wilderness, Jesus could not sustain his ministry. He needed the 40 days to be tempted as a human being, on the human side. He needed that training 40 days before he goes into the mission. Challenges don't indicate that God doesn't love you. They mean he loves you enough that he's willing to build your character so he can trust you with more. Mm -hmm. If God takes away every challenge in your life, you will become useless. One thing is sure, God will never leave you alone in the wilderness. Never. You will never be alone in the wilderness Read that verse, that passage at the end. It says, the angels came to serve Jesus. Ah, so he was not alone. He knew God was still there. He sent angels to serve him. The funny thing is that the angel did not come to rescue him. (laughs) So the time Satan was telling him, if you are the child of God, take that stone and turn it into bread. Angels were there. Yeah, let's see what he will do. Let's see what he will do. Their job was not to (laughs) defend him. They could have stood before Satan. You are not getting close to him. You are not getting close to him. Satan, where are you going? Satan, get, go. They were not trying to protect Jesus from Satan. No, 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 no. They let him go close to Jesus and talk to him. And the angels were there. Ah, I don't think you understand the situation. If I was Jesus, I would be like. (laughs) They were not listening to him. They were listening to God the Father. And the mission was not to protect him against hardship. The mission was to strengthen him to go through hardship. Sometimes God will not move the mountain before you. He will give you the strength to climb it. He's trying to climb the mountain. We think God does not love us when he allows a mountain. He still loves you. It's called tough love. Intentionally loved. Intentionally loved. Even in your lonely place, you are under an open heaven. Even when you are alone, you are still under an open heaven. So what are the ways we respond to someone's love? How do you respond when you see somebody sacrificing, somebody showing you sacrifice or love? You can choose to ignore him or her, them. 
can choose to ignore them. I know you love me, but who cares? I don't care. Or you can choose to be nice to them. And this is very polite in the West. We are good at being nice. Smile. Just smile. Just smile. When we came to Australia the first time, we thought everybody loved us because everybody was smiling at us in the shopping center. Then someone explained to us that it was called polite, being polite. You just smile. Sometimes we do that. Or we can choose to love them back. So someone who loves you can ignore them. You can be nice to them or you can love them back, which is the third option. If someone loves you, you love them back. We know that love demands love in return. It hurts when someone shows you genuine love and all you do in return is a smile. It hurts. God does not expect a smile from us. God expects our love. The infinite sacrifice of Christ displays the endless love of God for you. So let me take you through the last part of this. God has displayed all five love languages to you. God has spoken all five love languages to us. The first one is gift. Gift. He gave Jesus for you and continues to provide for you. The second one is word of affirmation. He says in his word that he loves you unconditionally. He says it. God says that he loves you. It is written that he loves you. What else do you want him to do? It has been translated in thousands of languages. What else do you want him to do? He has said it that he loves you. Quality time. Watch this, watch this. He came to earth to spend time with us. God. Then he did not leave us alone, still wanting quality time. He sent the Holy Spirit to stay with us. He did not end there. He longs for communion with us to the, to the point where he's preparing a place for us. So we can spend more time with him. That's how much quality time God wants with us. And still, we are just giving him a smile. Only a smile? Really? Acts of service. I, I, I can't count the things God has done for me. I, I can't really give you a list of the things he's done for me. He provides for you. He protects you. He guides you daily. God loves you. He serves you. Angels are there to protect you, to surround you, to guide you, to comfort you, to encourage you every day. Would you recognize that God is speaking your love language? He loves you. And physical touch. You will wonder because physical touch is not necessarily about intimacy. The, the way you think about it. It's being present. It's the hold, holding hand. It's a, it's a touch that I, I, I love receiving from my wife. When she just touched my head, I just feel good. You know, it feels good. When she's just there, she's present and she just touches me. I love to express love like that. God came to earth. And took a body so he can touch us. So he can touch us. He ate with us. He 
he loved us. Hold our hand. He loved us. And on the cross, that was when heaven and earth, heaven and earth, some people said, say, heaven and earth kissed on the cross. The love, the profound love of God was demonstrated on the cross. Would you love him back? 